Welcome to Old Soul, Young Mind with your host and my mom, Jamie Dix. I love you. I couldn't be more excited to have the person that I have sitting on the other side of this virtual screen with me. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Maddox. Uh, I'm a sophomore in high school and I play baseball. When he says that he plays baseball, he means it. Like this kid eats and sleeps and breathes and thinks about and is inspired by. He surrounds himself by it. He daydreams about it. He imagines it. He plays it. And that's why I wanted you to come on today, Maddox, because I actually have the opportunity to work with a number of student athletes. And a lot of the things that we do in coaching, I think, really ties in beautifully into the student athlete world. So of the things that you and I have talked about over the last year, year and a half of hanging out weekly or biweekly, what are some of the things that you've learned in our coaching together? Uh, I think mostly just how to control my mind, more or less. Like if something doesn't go my way, not going down a rabbit hole, but instead like trying to figure out a way to make it better or just not even thinking about it. Because in baseball, a lot of people say have a short memory. It's helped me have more of a short-term memory and not be thinking about my mistakes over a longer period. And then also just helping me like find ways to like get up earlier in the morning and be able to get more motivated earlier in the day. I'm fortunate enough to get to work on mindset with him. And I remember you came to me one time and I was like, what's going on? What's the pain point right now? And you were like, cameras. And he's getting more and more and more and more and more cameras on him. And that's a bit of a trip, right? Like that, that is a new experience. And so I remember you coming to it and being like, I, it's distracting, right? Yeah. So speak a little bit to, to what that was before we did our session. My last tryout for a team, my club team that I'm playing for this year, because there's cameras everywhere. There's radar guns. There's all this external factors that normally I would be worried about, but I wasn't. It made it easier for me to just block out the cameras and the radar guns and all the coaches standing around just like laser locked on you. Mindful awareness. It is such a cool practice to be able to think of nothing else. And when we think about meditation, a lot of people are like, oh, I could never meditate because meditation means that my mind is completely quiet. And that's not it at all. It's training your brain to show up exactly how you want it to show up. And these student athletes, I watch it time after time. I'm watching your mind show up exactly the way that you're asking it to. So Maddox, this is where he was practicing what we had coached on. What we've been working on is when there's a bunch of cameras and like limit the distractions and just focus on one thing. I just focus on the ball. And you help me like find a place where I can really pick up the ball early enough where it can help me block out those distractions for a long enough time. Mm. So it's really training your mind then to pinpoint focus. When we say pinpoint focus, walk us through it. When I'm walking up to the plate, I normally have a nice slow walk. I, I like to be, be nice and methodical. 
first I have like a general focus. So I'm not really using my like really hard focus. I'm just going up there and looking like I normally look at the center field fence first just to try to just to try to relax. But then as soon as he starts his motion, I try to pick up the slot, which is basically where his hand comes forward in the motion. And when you are looking at this person's fingertips and exactly where they are on the ball, are you thinking about a camera filming you? No. Are you thinking about so-and-so's in the audience watching you? Somebody's out there recruiting you. Are you thinking about anything else except the position of the fingers on that ball? Nothing except the position of the fingers on that ball. I get That's all it. my thinking done before that. All the thinking is done before that. And I love that. That's intentional too. Go ahead, brain. Think all your thoughts. But the second we go up there, you're doing exactly what I'm telling you to do, brain. And and Maddox's method is to stare at where those fingers are and take it as information, right? So yeah. cool. That's so cool. That is, my friends, meditation. That is mindful awareness. That is asking your brain to do one thing and your brain is listening. That is meditation. That's not a blank brain, is it? That's a highly focused brain. I think another thing that's really hard for kids who especially play baseball, it's like baseball is a game of failure. So. Let's say you're playing college baseball at a high level, like playing at Oregon State, let's say. Woo. And you fail seven out of 10 times, you will still get drafted. And if you hit 300, which is three out of 10 times, get on, like, get a hit three out of 10 times, you'll be a Hall of Fame, like, first ballot. But it's really hard for kids, especially when you're younger, to understand how to fail. Hmm. I, I struggle with that sometimes, especially when it's like repeatedly over and over again. But it's one of those things where you just have to recognize that it's a game of failure. And everybody goes through like hot and cold streaks where you're getting on base every time and then you're not getting on base ever. So I think it's also you have to make that mindset switch where you say to yourself, it's okay to fail. Hmm is another really big part of, I think, my, the mindset work we've done. Mm. Right, because I think that in this modern time especially, and kids growing up in a school system, that the word failure is a horrible thing to receive, right? Like, I want all of you listening right now to imagine receiving an F. That feels panicky, right? But what we know, listen up, guys, what we know about failure it is more important from an evolutionary standpoint than success. So it takes these quote unquote failures to be able to find progress. And this is what I would love to invite all of you listening and to you, Maddox, that when you fail or defeat is there, as we sometimes call it in sports games, defeat, looking at that, like giving yourself the time and space to have all the feelings, of course, like no one wants to go home and didn't hit a single ball or didn't hit a single basket or didn't get to touch the soccer ball, whatever it is, right? Like that's not fun. Yeah. Give yourself time and space to have that emotion. It's like, it's like when parents come to me and they're like, I just want my child to be happy all the time. And I'm like, you want your child to be happy when sad things happen? Of course not. 
What you want is a resilient child, which means then you have to have difficult moments arise. So have your difficult moments because that's a part of being human. Give yourself some space and time. I don't mean like two weeks. I'm talking like 24 hours to have your feelings about it and then go back to the drawing board and look at it. And what could you have done differently in those moments to have changed the outcome for yourself? And that's how you grow. And that's how you progress in sports and in life. It takes these failures. It takes the defeats to adapt, to shift, to optimize, to pivot into a place of more success. And then you get into your success space and you're going to come up with more failure. You're going to come up with more defeat. But if if you have a mindset around that, that says, I'm going to have my feelings because this isn't fun. I'm going to wallow in these feelings for a moment. And then I'm going to go back and I'm, I'm going to be like, what could I have done differently to have moved myself forward as an athlete and move my team forward as a team? So do you have an example of a time that that happened? Uh, I've had a lot of those. Um, I would say probably this summer, there was a stretch of like three, maybe four games where I only got like one hit. And I was like, and nothing was really like, I didn't do anything wrong necessarily. It was just, I was getting beat. The guy on the mound was better than I was for that however many days. So then I just had to come in and be more focused and keep working and not mm. just roll over and die. That's a phrase that gets used in sports a lot. You can't roll over and die. Mm. Like, you have to keep going. You have to be resilient. So, I mean, it happens to everybody. You just can't let that dictate the entire game or the entire season. I love that. So let's actually show the people right now what a little tiny mini coaching session would look like. So zing, 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 rewind, rewind, rewind. It's summertime, last summer. And you were on what? Game number what of not hitting the ball? Three. All right. All right. So let's go back there. So this is my third game. Maddox, you come to me. Jamie, Coach Jamie, three games now. I'm frustrated. Three games now, I haven't hit the ball. That's a circumstance, right? Not hitting the ball for three games actually could make you feel nothing. Isn't that interesting? What is going to cause the feeling about not hitting the ball for three games, Maddox? Your mind. The thought about it. That's exactly right. And so not hitting the ball for three games. You came to me with what thought? Uh, I think my exact words were, I'm not going to play next week. <laughs> with my exact words. Oh, gosh. Which is not a possibility because this kid's going all the way. So anyway, that is not what was going to happen. But let's go ahead and go with that. I didn't hit the ball for three games. The thought is, I'm not going to play next week. How did that make you feel? Uh, not great. Give me, give feel me a feeling. No confidence in myself. Lack mm. of some insecurity. Okay. So some insecurity. So we've got thought. I'm not playing next week. And then having a feeling from that thought, not because he didn't hit for three games, but because he was thinking, I'm not going to play then. There was a feeling of insecurity. Now, as an athlete, and you go out onto in any game, 
with the feeling of insecurity because the thoughts you're thinking, what happens? What does the game look like when you're all up in your head with negative thoughts and feeling insecure? That's that, Those are the games where you're going to strike out three times and start throwing your bat and stuff. It's not, it's not good. Do you think every single athlete that's listening to this podcast right now has had an insecure moment in a game? Yes. Of course. Do you think every single athlete listening to this podcast right now has had a horrible game and they got up in their head about it? Yes. 100%, right? But it's that ability to be in that feeling and then have the confidence to be like, all right, we're not stopping here. Pick myself up and go again. And so let's imagine you guys listening. You are a soccer player. And you are striker and you're kicking the ball and you miss the goal and then it happens again and you miss the goal and then it happens again and you miss the goal there's an infinite number of thoughts you can think about that moment is this one ever going to be helpful i am such a bad soccer player no no absolutely not so this is one of the things too that i love to work with my student athletes on is this idea of confidence So there's a lot of you, and I work with a lot of high-level athletes, Maddox, you being one of them, where the possibilities are literally endless for you and your baseball career. And a lot of times they will come to me and they have such a great confidence in their athletic ability. But then in other arenas, like socially or academically or something, they might not have that high level of confidence. And I remember I was working with one girl And she was an incredible soccer player. And she was struggling academically a bit. Very bright, very brilliant girl, but really got up in her head about it. She was like, well, I, you know, I didn't do well on a test. And she was making not doing well on a test mean I'm not doing well in this class. And then not doing well in this class means I'm not doing well as a 10th grader. And then not doing well as a 10th grader means I might not be able to get into the colleges. Right. And so it goes. But what we rewound it back as is the visual. It's called borrowing confidence. I learned this from my friend, Danielle. Borrowing confidence, borrowing a feeling. So I asked her, if you were to have played an entire game where you didn't get a single goal, would you be spiraling like this? Would you be telling yourself, I'm not good at soccer anymore. I should quit. She was like, absolutely not. And I said, tell me why. And she said, because just because I missed goals in one game doesn't mean I'm not good at soccer. And I said, bingo, that right there, just because you didn't do well on this test or as well as you wanted to do on this test doesn't mean that you're not good at school. It means that there's room to improve in this one arena. So taking the confidence that you guys feel in your sports into the other arenas in your life, let's say that you introduced yourself to a friend. And that friend is like, can't be bothered or like a kid at school, like doesn't respond. Does that mean that you're not good at making friends? No. No. If you don't hit a baseball in one game or three games, does that mean you're not good at baseball? No, absolutely not. So we don't let these micro moments define us. I find that with my student athletes, there's an ability to pull back and look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Pull back and look at the bigger picture in all of the arenas of your life. If you miss the goal, if you don't hit the ball, if that one thing doesn't happen, it doesn't mean you're not good. If you don't do well on the test, it doesn't mean you're not smart. It's pulling back and seeing the bigger picture. 
manage your thoughts and create new thoughts that are going to be more motivational. And on the topic of motivation, I'm inspired by your motivation, Maddox. So what is motivation to you? And how do you keep that feeling going in you? Uh, I'm going to be honest. It's not always there. So if I know like I have a camp that I'm going to or like a showcase that I'm doing, I'll work really hard. Like the motivation is there the entire time. But like when I have nothing going on, it's really hard for me to like get up and go to the gym or do that type of stuff. So I think a lot of it is finding somebody who will like motivate you or keep you accountable. Because I know for me, that's my dad. He's always like pestering me. (laughs) We going to the gym tomorrow. We going to the gym tomorrow. Do you need somebody to keep you active? So I think having somebody like a coach or somebody to like really get you motivated and keep you going is important to your overall success. Mm. I think it's important to find somebody who can hold you accountable in that way. Mm. So it's planning ahead of time, you guys. It's not an if, it's when a lack of motivation happens. What are you going to do? Do you have people around you that help to encourage you? Because as Maddox just said, it's not there all the time. And yet he still shows up. So it's it's the showing up, even when you're not 100% inspired and motivated, that's what's going to drive you forward. And having people in your corner that are helping to support you and motivate you, even when you're not in a position or a place to feel it for yourself. There was a, there's a quote in a book that my mom told me. It was like, if you're flying a plane and your destination is Florida, if you shift to your flight path, three degrees and keep on that constant plane, you'll end up in New York. So if you keep not making the right decision, a habit, not being motivated, a habit, then you won't get to the destination you want to be. Mic drop moment. You guys, after Maddox told me that quote, I have literally thought about it pretty much every day since. So my question to you is this, what is the place or the places in your life that you are not sticking to your motivation, sticking to your goals, and in turn, knowing that it's going to put you in an entirely different place than you want to be? Get strategic, get the people around you to help you find your motivation. Okay, let's get back to the conversation with Maddox. How do you stay calm under pressure? Like, so I'm thinking about doing my job. If you got like, Bases loaded, two outs in the last inning, and you're down by one or two. I don't try to go for that game-winning hit. I try to pass the baton to the person behind me. I think a lot of people want to be that hero. But there have been many times where I've tried to do too much and, like, popped up, grounded out because I'm just trying to do too much. Like in basketball, everybody wants to make the buzzer beater. When there's an open teammate in the corner, you could have just passed to and would have won the game. So I think it takes a lot of pressure off of you by trusting your teammates. So I think you also have to think of what your job is on the team. Like, what is your role at the plate within your team? That is such a great um, perspective on how to stay calm under pressure. You show up, you pinpoint your focus, you tune out the noise. 
You do your job and you pass the baton to the next person to do their job. And that's metaphorical to life too. That's learning to trust yourself and that's learning to trust your fellow humans. Okay, so I think I have one more question. Yes. You and your generation are next up leaders. Let's say Maddox, you are now the coach of the coaches. What are you going to inspire the coaches to do differently? to evolve the game forward from the coach's perspective. I think that coaches need to have more of a, a modern, like a modern mindset in terms of the game. Like you can't try to have your hitters all hit the same way when that's just not how hitting works or having catchers all catch the same way. And I think also having team building activities. I mean, a lot of teams do do that. But I feel like when you really need to have those team building activities, it doesn't happen. Like in, mm-hmm. the, in like in the thick of the season when everything might be going good or might be going bad, you have to still continue those team building activities. But I think also another thing that coaches should do is put the best. You got to put the best on that roster. It doesn't matter their age if they're like a freshman and they're better than whoever's older than them, play them. If, the, if they're good enough to play, play them. I know it's a respect thing. Like, it's a lot of an elderly respect. I get the respect part of it. But I think they're, they can take up roster spots from certain people. Mm, it's the politics. It's the politics of it that you want to shake up. Uh, it's the politics of basically everything we need to be shaking up right now in our world. I love thinking about it in that way. If somebody is good, let them play. Yeah. I feel like every team needs to have the mindset that we're going to win now. Mm-hmm. So tell me, Mad, would you recommend student athletes having mindset coaches and why? I think it definitely helped me see a bigger picture. Like it's helped me focus more on the long-term and not so much on the short-term outcomes of things. So like something happens in the game, I'm not so focused on that. I'm more focused on the rest of the season, the rest of my high school career, the rest of my career in general. I'm thinking of the path and not so much the short-term, like I messed up now, so I won't make it later. Mm. That is something, my friend, that I hope that you take with you into all of the arenas, all of the relationships, all of the jobs, all of the games, the bigger picture, keeping your eye focused on the bigger picture allows you to be more present in in the moment. Yeah. I just, I have absolutely loved hanging out with you and working with you. And it's been such an honor for me to get to support you you got a good heart and an excellent baseball player. And so taking your wisdom, taking that kindness, taking that confidence minus the ego, like you're a rare breed, Mad. You're able to go in confidently and support the other people and not be all ego with it. The reason that I wanted you to come on here today is because I believe that there are people seated in the world at various times because of the power of possibility, seeding what is possible. And you are that. 
you are that in this game. You are that in this next generation of, of leaders. And so thank you for showing up and thank you for sharing your wisdom. No problem. Thank you for having me. Oh, such a treat. Anytime. There you go. Another episode of Old Soul, Young Mind. And remember, listening to this podcast is not just listening, but a call to action to put into practice what you just learned. And also a call to action to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. Go into the show notes and hit that little plus sign or the follow button. This is the most important thing to be able to keep this podcast running. And while you're at it, share an episode with a child in your life or a community, a teacher, a friend. And by doing this, we will elevate the mindset and the mindfulness of this growing and incredible generation. So thank you, thank you, thank you again for joining me on this journey. Remember, stay curious, stay hopeful. Most importantly, stay tuned to the next episode of Old Soul, Young Mind.